117. Yes, you're right. Psalm 117. It was the perfect psalm. It was the perfect sermon after the lockdown, as I shared with you last week, right? Why did I, why did I hint that it was the perfect post-lockdown sermon? Anybody remember? It's a call. It's a very simple call to praise God. It is what? There are two, two points of trivia that I gave you. What is it? It's the shortest chapter in the Bible, and it's the middle chapter in the Bible. So Adu gets a Twinkie. Good job, Adu. Um, it's interesting that it's the middle chapter, right? It, it, it's it, like it anchors and connects all that came before and all that follows. And the fact that it's the shortest chapter in the Bible, three times in two verses, God says, praise me. So what is the message we talked about last week? Why is that important? What, what does that mean to us? Why, why does God call us to praise him? Why does he call us to do that? Anybody remember? For our own enjoyment. God doesn't need your praise. He doesn't have a self-esteem problem. We have a self-esteem problem. We need to be connected to our Creator. It's a call to come and enjoy me. I'm just going to read the psalm just to remind you of what it says and for those who weren't here last week. Psalm 117, the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud Him, which means applaud Him or extol Him or glorify Him or praise Him. So two times right here. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud Him or praise Him, all peoples, exclamation point. Verse 2, for his loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord, exclamation point. Now, I told you that the psalm says, come and enjoy me. It's embedded in the, the command to come and praise me. I want you never to forget this. I want you to always, when you see praise the Lord, in the Bible, I want you to understand God is saying, come and have all of me that you want. I love my, my seminary, uh, my pastor in the church I attended during seminary. He always used to say this, and I always loved it. You get as much of God as you want. You really do. You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want? Most of us are too busy pursuing other priorities. God says you can have as much of me as you want. It's just a reality. It's a biblical reality. It's a church history reality. And for some of you, and I'll give my personal confession, for me it's a personal reality. The more I look at him in his word, the more I spend time with him in prayer and, and meditation and contemplation, I get more of God. So I'm going to share a, a specific event in my life. Uh, I think I've shared this with you before. I'm positive that I have. It was Monday, January 18, 2016. Do you know where you were? Monday, January 18, 2016. I know where I was. You know why I know where I was? Because I journal. Do you journal? No. You should journal. You know why you should journal? Because you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a history of God's faithfulness to you. And I, I have to be honest with you. Okay, this is the lowest the church has ever been since we first started. 
And it's good. I, you know, if I just need a little encouragement, I just open my journal. And I can go back, well, I, go, I can go all the way back 16 years. It's, 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 it's in a Word document. I can go back 16 years. And I can read about the first Sunday we met. And I can read about the second Sunday we met. And I can read about the, you know, 500th Sunday that we met. And God's just faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. My point is, you should journal. But I know what happened Monday, January 18, 2016. It was a Monday. I, I usually run on Monday morning, right? I go for a run, and I listen to the sermon I preached the night before. I listen to it, not because I'm a narcissist. I listen to it to make sure there's nothing stupid in it so I can post it, okay? To make sure I didn't say anything, anything goofy. And I remember this particular Monday, it was, it was one of those, I don't remember the sermon, but I, it was a big God sermon. You know, one of my favorite, the big, a big God sermon, where God says, I'm God and nobody else is. And so I was pretty jazzed. And then I had on my playlist, coming up next was Kari Job singing Revelation song. Now, who knows the best line in Revelation song? Who knows the best line? You got to know this, Okay. The best line in Revelation song is that she sings, I'm filled with wonder. Who knows it? Awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. So, okay, I just got through hearing myself preach a, a big God sermon. And then she comes on and she starts singing this. Filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. Okay, and this happens in Binasco a lot. And I know people think I'm demented. But my hands go out. I can't help it, right? My hands go out. And I'm worshiping, I'm walking back after the run, and my hands are out, and I'm worshiping God, and I am really filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. So my question to you is, do you ever have times like this? God means for you to have times like this. In His Word, uh, in communion with Him, in worshiping Him, in singing to Him, so I'm actually filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. Now, those of you who know him and who love him, you understand. This has happened to you. It's that really deep, profound kind of mountaintop moment when he's more real than anything else in your life, right? And you love him so much, your heart may explode. Um, it's what it means to be filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. To be in worship of Jesus Christ like this, it is the best, the highest, the most profound experience a human being can experience. There is no higher experience. There is no greater joy. Hence, Psalm 117. Come and enjoy me. If you don't enjoy God, you're doing it wrong. You're supposed to enjoy God in your quiet time, but also in your life, at your work. You enjoy God at your work. How are we supposed to do our work? To the glory of God. You enjoy God in your family, right? Even when it's hard, we all have difficult um, relationships in our family, but we can, we can make much of Christ in it. Beloved, we have to fight to find the way we can enjoy God in every sphere of life. Our life is supposed to be Psalm 117. Every day our life is supposed to be 117. Now, I'm not saying, hey, we all have difficult times. I get that. We all have that. But we have to fight for this. 
Because any day we don't praise God, can I just say this? Any day we don't praise God, we're blaspheming God. Now, I know we're not doing it intentionally, but we are. Because He's been so good and gracious to us. He gave us a body that works. He gave us a mind that works. Of course, we've talked about this many times. We all take it for granted, right? You take for granted that your body is basically functioning at 100% efficiency. And your mind is basically, well, for some of us, our minds are basically functioning, right, Shibomi? Our, our minds are basically functioning at 100%, 100% capacity. Well, not capacity, but you know what I'm saying. We take all this for granted. Even on your hard day, you've got to remember, man, praise God. I need to praise God. I need to enjoy God. You have to find out what that looks like for you. What do you have to, we talked about it last week, what do you have to incorporate into your life? The disciplines, the structure, the mental, as Miles said on the Zoom thing uh, Saturday, the, the mental inventory, the mental inventory of truth so we can enjoy God. Here's a definition of, of worship. It's from, as you might suspect, John Piper. He says this, Worship is the inner treasuring of God as the highest value in the universe from which proceed acts of obedience, faith, devotion, and love. Now, that's a really good definition. I think it's, it's, it's good. Of course, it's from Piper. It's good. It's going to be good. But I can improve on it. And I know he wouldn't mind because I've read almost all of his books. I know he wouldn't mind. I'm going to change one word. Here it is again. The inner treasuring of God. And if, you, if I gave you a few minutes, those of you who were here last week would, would, would guess it. The inner treasure in God is the highest pleasure in the universe. This is what born-again Christians understand. He is my greatest delight. It's why I read the psalm I read to you earlier. Who do I have in heaven but you? I desire no one but you. I, I think this is something that much of the modern church misses. I think it's an important... This, this is why I'm back on it. Karen said, what, what are you going to preach this Sunday? I, I said, I think I'm, gonna, I'm still going to be jumping off or launching from Psalm 117. I think we need to talk about it just a little bit more. So yes, I told you about January 18, 2016, I'm walking back. And Kari and Job and I are really, you know, having a good time. And it hit me. I've never thanked God for this pleasure. I've thanked God for many, many, many things. There's still probably countless things I have not thanked Him for. Because I'm a fallen man and my memory is, and I don't have a 100% capacity brain at my age. No comment, Shibomi. Um, but, you know, I, it hit me. I get to worship the living God. Why? Because He came for me, right? He made it possible. I didn't go looking for Him. He came looking for me. He made this possible. I had never thanked Him for the privilege to worship Him and know Him like this. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I've never thanked Him for it. 
January 18, 2016, the epiphany hits me. Hey, if you know Jesus Christ, you're not just filled with wonder. You're filled with what? Awestruck wonder. <laughs> I get to do that. I get to do awestruck wonder. I get to do it. Unregenerate people can't do it. They'll never know what that is. Born-again people get to do it. We get to do awestruck wonder. We get to do that. Not only now, but forever. We get to do it forever. We get to do it forever, beloved. This is kind of a big deal, I think. And then it hit me. Yeah, I've never thanked God for this. So I'm asking you. Have you thanked God for this privilege? Yeah, you've, you've thanked Him for saving you, of course. But that could almost be a little bit selfish, right? Well, yeah, it's all about me. I'm, I needed to be saved. Have you ever thanked Him for the privilege to worship Him? You know, I've said this to you before, but I've often thought I would be utterly bankrupt and impoverished without the God dimension in my life. If I did not have Jesus Christ in my life, I don't really think I'd still be alive. I would be so hopelessly bored. The world's too small for the eternity that God has put inside our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3.11. So I realized I'd been converted for 37, I think at that point, maybe 35, 37 years. And uh, I was converted at 28. I'd experienced quite a bit of what the world has to offer as far as pleasure. And, and I can categorically say, as, even now as a man who's about to turn 65, um, Jesus is better. <laughs> He's better than anything. He's way better than anything this world has to offer. He's way better than everything this world has to offer everything. If you could put it all in one pile and you could take it home and sit on your couch and have it, it's a joke compared to knowing the living God. Piper's right. Jesus Christ is the highest value in the cosmos, but I think I'm more right on this one. And yeah, if you ever see him, tell him. I, I, I think he, he, he fumbled it here. Jesus Christ is the highest pleasure. He's not merely the highest value. He's the highest pleasure. It's what Psalm 117 is all about. So, I'll ask you again. Have you thanked God for this? Have you thanked God for giving you what your soul was created to delight in? And, of course, it goes without saying. We know what it cost Him to give us what our soul was created to delight in. It cost the life of the second member of the Trinity. Again, <clears throat> I've often thought about how impoverished my life would be without Him. I'm sure I wouldn't be married to Karen. She wouldn't have had me. I'm sure it would have been a sad, sad tale if I did not have the ability to know and love and worship the Lord.
You know, when you talk about worship, the first thing that comes up in many Christians' minds is what? Duty. It's my duty. It's my obligation. Well, I'm going to challenge each one of you. I don't think that's true for anyone in here. But I'm going to challenge each one of you. <laughs> if, 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 if that concept comes into your mind when you think of worship, you really need to do some business with God. You need to confess this. Because this is kind of a backhanded blasphemy. We're, you can't truly worship God out of duty. You know, I, I shared with you, I think it was last week, maybe, or the young adults on the Zoom thing, Piper's famous saying, how does it go? Um, we are most... Deanna. We are... No, he, is. he is most glorified when we are most satisfied, Deanna, thank you, in Him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. This is a big deal. There's a reason this is Piper's byline. There's a ton of theology in that. So, beloved, we get to worship. It's not about ought. It's not about should. It's about, what is it about? It's about desire. That's true worship. True worship is desire. It's not anything less than desire. It's in the Psalms. Psalm 42, 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63, 1. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. Psalm 73, 25. And besides you, I desire nothing on the earth. Psalm 143, 6. My soul longs for you as a parched land. Piper's right. Jesus Christ is the highest value and he is the highest pleasure. I don't have to tell you this if you know Christ. It's the best part of being alive. All of us have reached a certain stage of life. We're not children anymore. We're not adolescent anymore. And if we know Jesus Christ, we know he's the best part of it. There's no other part of life that exceeds the pleasure and delight of knowing Him. We all know, obviously, we've all reached a certain stage of life. Christians are not immune to the trials of this life. Sometimes our dreams don't come true. You know, what an awful thing to say to your child, you can be anything you want. This is not always true. As an old man, I can tell you. This is not always true. This is what you should say to your child. You can find and live God's purpose for you. And it will fill your soul with such joy. Right? You won't be able to believe it. This is what we should, should say to our children. Seek the Lord and you will find Him. It's His promise. If you seek me, you'll find me. You can have God. That's what we should say to our kids. You can have God. You want to be a movie star? You want to be a millionaire? You want to be a great designer? Well, okay, but really, you need God. You must have God. If you get God, then it really doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. It's the Ephesians 2 thing. We're to walk in the, in the, in the good works that God has prepared for us, right? So if we're delighting in God, it doesn't matter what we do. 
He's our pleasure. He's our delight. I thought about this this morning. The Christian hurts every way an unbeliever hurts except one. Do you know what it is? Sometimes the dream doesn't come true. Sometimes our loved ones leave us. Sometimes we lose all our money. Sometimes we lose the job. Sometimes X, Y, Z. We're just, we, we suffer the same losses and heartaches that the world suffers. But there's one hurt we never experience. Huh? That's a good answer. It's not exactly what I want. But it's, it's a really good answer. It's, it's, it's all around the answer. The pain of an empty soul. You will never experience this. The pain. This is part of what hell is. The pain of an empty soul. Sometimes I think as Christians we take this for granted. That our soul is, is whole. There's, we still have a long way to go, but our soul is whole. We will never suffer this pain. Why? Because we wanted God. No, you didn't want God. God wanted you. Right? You didn't want God. Go read Romans 3. You never wanted Him. You didn't want to have anything to do with Him. You hated God, Romans chapter 1. There was no fear of God before your eyes, Romans chapter 3. There's none who seek for God, Romans chapter 3. That's who you were. That's who I was. You didn't want God. God wanted you and God came for you. Yeah, there ought to be 10,000 people in here except for the lockdown and the protocols. So, so January 18th, 2016, I'm walking back to my apartment and I thought, what would my life be like if I couldn't worship Jesus? And I just, what came into my mind was this gaping void, just a gaping abyss if I didn't know him. And I'm just going to share part of the quote from C.S. Lewis last week that I shared with you. You remember what he said. He said, man, if you like sin more than God, you're just, yeah, you've settled. Remember, remember the imagery he used? You're playing, you're, you're like an ignorant child in the slum playing with mud pies when you've been offered a holiday at the sea. You are far too easily pleased. It's Psalm 117. God says, stop being pleased. Stop playing in the mud. Here I am. You can have me. You can have all of me that you want. Here I am. Come and enjoy me. Three times, two verses, come and praise me. It's why the world is so messed up. Men like the mud. Men prefer the mud over their creator. God has invited humanity into genuine worship, wonder, awe. And through Jesus Christ, the absolute deepest and most profound sensation a human being can experience, intimacy with God. Intimacy with an infinite being. Those of you who are married, you know what it's like to have intimacy with a finite being. It's pretty cool. Sometimes. Sometimes it's less than cool. Right, Karen? Sometimes Karen misbehaves and I have to, I have to discipline her. 
um, in the appropriate mo in the appropriate ways, of course. Uh, I never misbehave. You might have to check the message tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, God God says, "Hey, God says, come and enjoy me." What do, what what do men say? What do men out in the world say? By and large, what do they say? Nah. I like the mud. I'm going to play in the mud. The mud's better. This is the insanity of hum humanity. This is, this is the insanity of sin. Sin's better. I've believed the lie. I believe the father of lies. Sin's going to make me happy or wrong. Sin separates you from the one who can fill your soul. I, I told the young adults Saturday to prefer something over God it's not only stupid. It's an insult to God. You know, it's one thing to be stupid, okay? I think we've all been stupid, right? Maybe Cheney Lowe's never been stupid. I, I can confess, I can tell you, I've been stupid, okay? I'm 65 years old, I've been stupid a lot. It's one thing to be stupid. It's one thing to bless. It's another thing to blaspheme your Creator. That's a whole nother thing. Don't ever forget Psalm 117. This is your job. Psalm 117 is your job. <laughs> and when you don't feel like it, you know what? That's the best time to do Psalm 117. Well, I don't feel like praising God. That's when you really need to praise God. When you don't feel like it, that's when you have to do it. Right? That's when you absolutely have to do it. If you claim to belong to Christ, you have to do Psalm 117. You're, you are fierce in praising God. No one can stop you from praising God. You get that in your heart and your mind? Yeah. It's just going to bleed out in your life, man. It's going to bleed out at work and at the university and in your, in your home. It's just going to bleed out. You know, we don't become perfect beings and we still sin. But man, I'm fighting to be fierce and praising God. You know what? If that's all you do for the rest of your life, then you are one of the most important people who have ever lived. If, it, if, you, if someone could legitimately write on your tombstone, right? Wow. She praised God. She always praised God. Yeah, yeah, if that's on your tombstone, <laughs> what do you think you're going to hear when you get on the other side? Well done, what? Well done, right? Well done. So men are, yeah, we're crazy. We're not smart. God offers himself. And we say, nah, we want, to, we want to play in the mud. So how do we get out of the mud? You guys know this, but I'm just going to briefly touch on it. How do we get out of the mud? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We are dead in our sins. We're trapped in the mud. I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 4 to you. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It's verse 2 of, of Psalm 117. For his loving kindness is what? Great toward us. It's great. It's so great it's infinite. When God loves, he loves infinitely. 
And you want to complain to God about your circumstance? What am I missing here? What's, what am I missing here? You're, most of your prayer is about something you want God to do as opposed to, as opposed to really just, you know, yeah, offload your burdens, of course. Offload your burdens in prayer and then get to what's important. I praise you, Lord. You're an, you're an awesome God. My heart is filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. 117, I love Psalm 117. Praise the Lord. Laud Him, all peoples. You know, we really get that, right? We really, we really get that. And we long to live that. So, I, Psalm 117. Have you settled? Have you settled for less than praising God? Are you gripped by who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, what Jesus has promised? Are you gripped? Are you stunned? Are you staggered? Sometimes I forget to be staggered. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I forget to be stunned. Shame on me. Shame on me. Are you a Christian tonight? You get to worship God. A Muslim can't worship God. He doesn't know God. An unregenerate Jew can't worship God. He's got false religion. The Hindu can't worship God, can't know God. The, Buddh the Buddhist can't know God, can't worship God. You can. You can. Your God is God. You can. Is that because you're so special and you're so smart and you figured it out? No. It's Ephesians chapter 1. It's because God loved you. Ephesians 1 chapter 2. In eternity past. God set His heart upon His people. A couple of points of theology. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, famous 18th century American theologian. Listen to what he says about the oneness that we have with God. This perfect union with God will be ascending constantly toward an infinite height, moving ever upwards for all eternity. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? It's like, it's like the amusement park ride that never ends. It's just going to get deeper and bigger and more precious and deeper and bigger and more precious, more profound. You know, if you love, if you love intellect and wisdom, it, it, there's no end. If you love beauty and magnificence, there's no end. It doesn't matter. Whatever, you know, whatever you're naturally drawn to, wherever your affections naturally run to, oh, guess what? Your father has an infinite capacity for you to enjoy. Just within himself. We've talked about it before. There'll be subordinate joys in heaven, but God will be the principal one. Have you ever thanked God that you get to worship him? Listen to Edwards again. There'll never be a time when there'll be no more glory for the redeemed to discover and enjoy. There'll always be more. 
John Piper distilling Jonathan Edwards. He writes this, God's last end in all things is the display of his glory, his fullness and the blessing of his creatures with infinite joy. These are not two separate ends. These are one thing. We talked about it last week. God's glory, the joy of his people, not two things, one thing, because the joy of his people is his glory. There was a book that came out in the summer of uh, 2015 written by literally the pastor of the smallest church in the world, as is evidenced this evening. But in one chapter, he shares his testimony of him, he, he and his wife. And this, he, he uses some, uh, some lyrics from Casting Crowns to, to introduce the chapter. I love these lyrics. Listen to these lyrics. He's speaking to God. To know you is to ache for more than the ordinary. To know you is to look beyond the temporary. It's Psalm 117. That's exactly what it is. Some of you may remember, as I mentioned last week, Lewis stumbled over the fact that God kept commanding humanity to praise Him in the Psalms. Again, Lewis said, like an old woman needing a compliment. But as we've already said, it's not about God needing us, it's about us needing God. It's about you and me getting up out of the mud. It's about you and me worshiping. It's about you and me understanding Psalm 117. Not just mindlessly singing it or mindlessly reading it, but owning it. Owning Psalm 117. And here's the quote from Lewis I didn't give you last week. Listen to it. This is, this is good. All enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. This is why God is saying, praise me. Why? Because all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. So the, the, the inference is, I'm enjoying God. That's the inference. If, I, if I'm really incarnating Psalm 117, I'm enjoying God. That's what it means. So let me continue. All enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. Pra praise doesn't merely express the enjoyment. What does he say? It completes it. This is why God is calling you to praise him. It will complete the joy that you feel in him. So if you met Jesus, you know it's impossible not to worship him. There's always, yeah, Wonder, awestruck wonder. And I'm going to ask you again, have you ever thanked him for the privilege for your soul to soar? Nobody else's soul soars like a true believer. Nobody else's. If you're a Christian tonight, you know what it means for your soul to soar. And I was thinking about this yesterday. This is a cool thought. Tell me if you think it's a cool thought or not. What if he were a mediocre God? What if he was a second-rate God? He really couldn't do what he, 
you know, he couldn't keep a promise. He couldn't, he wasn't sovereign. You know, the reason that the, that the cosmos is messed up is because he's, he's got problems, he's got issues. What if he was a mediocre God and you were commanded to praise a mediocre God? What if you had to praise a mediocre God simply because he had more power than you and he told you to do it? What if you had to praise a second-rate God? But beloved, you and I don't have to do that. He's awesome. He really is awesome. It's no effort to praise him if we've truly seen him. It's no effort. I think that's, I, I, I think that's important. You can tell me after the service if you think that's interesting. I thought it was very interesting. So God is calling us into worship. It's what Psalm 117 is all about. He's calling us into never-ending, ever-increasing pleasure in Himself. So, have you ever thanked God that you get to worship Jesus Christ? On January 18, 2016, uh, I repented. <laughs> you know why I know this? Why do I know this? It's in my journal. I repented of never having thanked God for the intimacy He had given me with Him. I had never thanked God for this. And I repented that day. And I pray, if you've never thought about this, that you too, if you've never thanked God for a soul that soars with inexpressible joy and anticipation. And go back to Karen's word, hope. Maybe you could join me in repentance. Let me close like this, Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations. All nations, laud Him, applaud Him. All peoples, exclamation point, for his loving kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. We talked about this last week. His truth is everlasting. You'll never be unsaved. You've been saved. You'll never be unsaved. No one can separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8. No one, no thing, nobody, no group of people, no army can separate you from the love of God. What does he say? The truth of the Lord is forever. And he says, you're mine. He says, you're mine. It's never going to change. Something else we could thank God for, right? Not only is he awesome. <laughs> His truth is everlasting. Let me close with... Uh, this thought here that Paul shares with the Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. Listen. Well, first, let me say this. I want you to always remember Psalm 117. It says, praise me, praise me, praise me. But what it really says is, come and enjoy me, come and enjoy me, come and enjoy me. And then Paul shares this thought with the, with the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. 
May God grant through His Spirit that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be able to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. There should be 10,000 people in here. Thinking people. Thinking people would want to know this, right? Thinking people. Being filled up to all the fullness of God. It's what real Christians do. So God has taught me to thank Him for this blood bought privilege. And if this is a new insight for you, He's inviting you not merely to praise Him, but to thank Him for the privilege of it. Yes, the damned will praise Him. The damned will do it. But not in intimacy. It's a whole different thing for us. It's a whole different thing. You get to worship. You get to worship. Let's pray together. Father, forgive us. Oh my goodness, we think so lightly about so many things. Father, I pray that you would write Psalm 117 on our hearts. That we would remember this is certainly our job if we profess to be Christians, but even more, it is our delight. You cry out to us, come and enjoy me, come and enjoy me, come and enjoy me. And the way is clear. For you have removed our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. We can have unencumbered intimacy with the most fascinating, interesting, intelligent, loving being in the cosmos. Father, I pray that I pray that we would think deeply about these things. We love you, Father. We praise you. We pray all this in the wonderful and matchless name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So why don't we close with a song? Should we? Yeah, I think we should. Let's do it. <laughs>